Hello, welcome to Steel City Business, the Sheffield business podcast. I'm James Marriott. I'll be your host as we explore the vibrant business scene of the glorious city of Sheffield. Now, in each episode, we meet someone from across the Steel City to learn more about them and, of course, their business. I run my own business. It's called Sound Media, and it's all about helping brands to amplify their voice through audio marketing. If you want to find out more, then head to the show notes. There's more information there. And this podcast is supported by the lovely people at The Curious, creative agency in the centre of Sheffield. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe to suggest a guest or for any reason, then there are contact details in the show notes or head to steelcity.business. Right, that's enough of that. Let's meet our guest. Hello, I'm Adam Bradley, uh, Director of Corrosion Resistant Materials. Effectively, what we do is we supply steel products to manufacturing companies. So that's from nickel, duplex, stainless round bar sheet plate and we supply that as as raw material form to manufacturing companies who are making products now those products can end up in oil and gas uh, applications aerospace applications you name it so anybody who's buying steel they're the people we want to be talking to i find this really fascinating because so many of the people that we talk to on this podcast do kind of you know digital all singing all dancing things you're doing something very different here which is a little bit more kind of almost in the background people don't necessarily see the stuff that i mean they will see the stuff that you make but they don't know that you're making it here so there's there's so many things that i want to ask can let me can I take you back to the the kind of the early days of the, the 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 business and just talk to us a little bit about how it came about so the business now it's now in its ninth year right um so the business was started by uh, lee perry and chris williams they had already worked in the metals industry prior to that but they thought, well, let's have a go at doing it ourselves. Let's start our own business. Right. And the real reason behind it was was trying to put the customer at the forefront mm-hmm. of, of the business. I've been in the metals industry for 16, 17 years. And when I first joined the industry, I worked for a company, very, very good companies. And what they would do is they would just sell what they had in stock. So if an inquiry came in, you got it in stock, quote it, there you go. And that it was a very transactional kind of arrangement. Sure. When the guys here started the business, they wanted to not only keep stock, but trade. They wanted to offer machining services, heat treatment. So effectively, speak to the customer more and offer them something closer to what they wanted and build those relationships. So it was all founded on relationship building, really. So what what kind of stuff do you make here, which is likely to play a role in, in our everyday lives? Yeah, so, so the material here, we supply it to companies who... We'll be making aircraft parts, for example. So landing gears on plane, on planes, they'd be made out of alloy 718 that we use here in the warehouse. Right. There's also uh, all sorts of different applications. So some of the bars, some of the low alloy that we use here, it's used for drilling oil out of the, out of the sea, in the North Sea. So we have a lot of customers based up in Scotland, in Norway, in the Middle East. We're all involved in that oil exploration. We've been involved in all sorts. Exhaust pipes on cars, for example. Yeah. We've we've been involved in um, producing steel that goes out for knives and forks, for kitchen taps, for you name it. It can. We're not really bothered about where it's going to end up. It's just ultimately exciting to see the different products that it goes into. Because here we've just got the raw material, the steel. It's not very exciting, to be fair. 
So actually seeing what the final product is yeah. is, is what we want to see and it's great and exciting for us. I love the fact that of of all the many and very different kind of businesses maybe that we cover on this podcast, but people are probably coming across in the everyday mm-hmm. in their everyday lives. Like there's a chance every single person that's listening to this podcast, the 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 house that they're in right now, there's something in that house that could well have kind of its origins could be right here. Possibly within the house, uh, within the car, within buildings that they're going to. Yeah. Uh, we, we use a lot of stainless steel and stainless steel can be used right through food and drink, the food and drink industry, the pharmaceutical industry. So what, what one of the reasons that um, I was really keen quite early on in, in, in kind of the new um, format of this podcast to come and see you and to chat about what you do here is because I feel like you're a, a business that's kind of, you've been getting on with things for a few years. You've been making lots of stuff. You've been having an impact on people's everyday lives, but you don't make a massive song and dance about it. And then at the back end of last year, I mean, you've got a good record in terms of winning awards and things, things like that. The back end of, of, of last year, you had a really good time and, and, and you, I'm paraphrasing slightly here, but I was at an award ceremony where you basically won like Lord Champions and Masters of South Yorkshire, like greatest <laughs> business in the, in the county. Why do you think that this kind of recognition is, is, is happening now? Yeah, I mean, it's been a long-term process for us. Obviously, we're into his ninth year now, but we've we've always been engaged with doing things above and beyond just the day-to-day selling of material. Yeah. And one thing that we're passionate about is getting people into manufacturing. So that's through school events, that's through doing assemblies or career events, mock interviews and et cetera. And we do that in quite a lot of schools around South Yorkshire. Um, we've we've as, as an industry, we'd, we've got to try and get more young people interested in in manufacturing and trying to sell it because people aren't going to just come to us and go we want to be within manufacturing we want to sell steel that's not the way it works but if we create enough kind of noise around the industry and make it exciting enough then people will start looking at and filling those vacancies everyone within the steel industry and within manufacturing struggles with getting young people Mm -hmm. into their business We use apprenticeships, they're great. We've had four or five come through. And we have uh, youngsters here aging between 22 and 17. So that's four of our 11 are in that age bracket. So we're trying to do our bit for for, for that. And I think think when when we kind of looked at the Unlimited Awards, it was that, that was a big part of it. So trying to promote our business. But it was also trying to be a leading voice within the industry a little bit. Yeah. We do a lot with the British Stainless Steel Association, with other companies there. We connect. We do a lot of connections. So we we put people in contact with people through networking, through various other events. And at the back end of last year, so it was October, we put on an event with Barnes & Rotherham Chamber of Commerce, which was the Manufacturing Supply Chain Expo. And that, again, put manufacturing at the heart of the conversation here in South Yorkshire. There are so many businesses, thousands of businesses in South Yorkshire involved in manufacturing and the supply chain. But it's a sector that doesn't always get spoken about. As you mentioned, there's a lot of digital marketing, there's a lot of accountancy firms, there's a lot of IT firms. When you look at it, there's a lot of businesses like that which which people are talking about. They're good at social media, they're good at they're good at promoting their businesses. We're not good at that in manufacturing. <laughs> where where it's 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 an older kind of generational business. So People getting the message out 
it has to be the way forward. So I think it was just a combination of that. And it, it was not, it was nice to be honest for a manufacturing company to win yeah. something like that within Sheffield and put them back, put it back on the map. Even on that night, you know, there were so many what you class as cool businesses doing. Yeah, cool businesses. Cool I mean, you go into some some businesses and they're they're wearing they're wearing the uh, they're wearing hoodies. They're, yeah, they're they're sliding to work on a slide. They've got great offices and and this kind of thing and hanging about here and there and everywhere. But the re- I think. I don't know. That's what the judges said, anyway. I, I, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Hmm. Is there is there a little bit of a renaissance going on in in this? I'm going to say this industry, and that's a very kind of wide. Yeah, it is. Um, it is wide. Uh, yeah. Is there an element here of kind of you, you go back to particularly, I guess, the '80s, particularly around here, steel was 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 huge, hmm. and then things have changed quite a lot. Is is there? I mentioned Renaissance earlier. That's probably the phrase that I'll use. But is there an element here of it it becoming a bit cooler again? That it's you know it's starting to that that reputation is no longer about something that's history and that's been and gone, and and it's entering a new era. I think you're absolutely right. I think going back into the eighties, if you were involved in the steel industry, you would probably be making the steel. That's moved on a lot now. It's become a lot more service driven and a lot more technologically driven so nowadays you're looking at companies who are involved in some real cutting edge innovation down at the AMRC for example so some of those companies are involved in cutting edge technology such as running planes on hydrogen fuel for example Um, heat pumps within homes a lot of things that are happening within Sheffield that people just don't know about but it's 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 cutting edge. 3D printing, for example, of products. So you're looking at some of the cutting edge car parts that are now being made on a 3D printer, whereas before it would have been made through steel and then into the into the production onto the machines. So things are changing. It's becoming a lot more advanced manufacturing. The universities are getting involved as well. So there's a lot of work through Sheffield University and Hallam University where they're they're really promoting the advanced manufacturing side and trying to get more people engaged with it. Um, and it's that research and innovation, which there's a lot happening in the region. Can I ask you about a, a, a bit of a buzzword in, mm. in, in, you know, kind of across business, across society, sustainability, you know, kind of things being recyclable, renewable, um, being much more savvy in terms of sustainability. I, I'm, I'm going to again go back to the '80s and say that maybe the steel industry then was was probably not at the fore of of, of that. I imagine that's changed a lot. Chat to us a little bit about kind of what your approach is to to that side of things. The steel industry is changing; it's becoming a lot more carbon neutral. You've got you've got terms branded around of green steel, for example, mm-hmm. where it's carbon neutral steel, and you think, well, how could that possibly be? Because using a lot of energy, a lot of gas to produce it. But what's happening now is because steel is 100% recyclable, all the off products, especially here, we we get turnings, we get bar ends and everything, that all gets recycled. And then what steel mills are doing now is they're utilising all that scrap material to produce fresh new material. So about 95 96% of new steel material is recycled from old. And, and that will change. That will possibly become 100%. There's a few things out there which, in steel production, we would struggle to recycle, such as nickel, molybdenum, 
tantalum, for example, all the pure elements that you still need to go into there. But again, it's becoming a, a product which is self-generating itself, really. And, and if you're looking at the energy supply as well going into it, a lot of the big steel mills are using renewable energy now. They're moving away from the gas. They're going into hydrogen. They're going into wind. They're going into electricity. We've, we've, we've heard in the news recently about Port Talbot and the steelworks down there. They're, they're changing all the old blast coking furnaces, which are using a lot of coal, a lot of energy, a lot, creating a lot of carbon. And they're going to be installing in new electric electric furnaces, which is great for the environment. It's not great for jobs. And <laughs> there's other issues around that. Yeah. But it is great for environment. It's great for sustainability. And and I think the industry is, is certainly in the UK, the industry is getting onto this green footing. You, you mentioned jobs there. Yeah. And I do think this is an interesting one. Um, again, I'm generalizing a little bit sort of across an, an entire sector here. Um, but I guess as technology advances and new systems and new things become available that, that allow allow you to be more efficient, that people become the variable in in that in that equation. What, what does that look like here, and, and and where do you see that as as things move forward and in the future in terms of as as systems improve, as technology Im- improves, that that balance. Right here, we—I mean—we're at eleven people, which which is enough for us, to be honest. And we yeah. don't need any more people coming in. We use uh, we use basic we basic systems and everything to to manage it through. But if you're looking at certainly bigger businesses, automation's coming in now. So instead of having people on the uh, production lines putting parts together, machines are doing it now. That in in a sense that's taking people's jobs away. But at the same time, companies are becoming more efficient and more profitable. And if we're going to compete with companies in Europe and the rest of the world, we have to do that in the UK. We can't just rely on it being a, a, a manual job. I'm all for reskilling people and retraining people as well. I don't think people should just be left out in the cold because there are, there are many jobs now that this new technology is creating that weren't there before. So it's just potentially a matter of, well, they're not doing that particular job on the production line, but then they might be involved in programming, they might be involved in the digital side. Yep. So it's, it's about reskilling, retraining, uh, and moving with the times so with that as a country we're more, we're more competitive. I like the fact you kind of touched on there a little bit in terms of the, the UK's role in the, the, the kind of the European yeah. scene, European industry and, and, and worldwide. I, I wanted to ask a bit about your kind of aims and ambitions for for, for here um, and, and what kind of things you want to go on and achieve in the next few years. But I guess kind of rolling that out a little bit, what what kind of a role would you like to see, I guess, the UK? But let's be more specific than that. What, what about South Yorkshire? What role do you want to see South Yorkshire playing on that on that kind of worldwide scale? Well, I think the South Yorkshire is, is perfectly placed for manufacturing and play a huge part in, in that worldwide scale. We've already got some big businesses set up in, in South Yorkshire as part of that supply chain. The one thing I'd like to see happen, if we're going to be a lot more successful, is a lot more collaboration, yep. a lot more bigger end users and manufacturing companies utilising that local supply chain and not going further afield. So trying to be a bit insular, and it's, it's kind of strange because we've always had this look of we want to be a global market, we want to be bringing stuff in from the rest of the world, but actually let's utilise what we've got here in the UK first. So... British-made products with British-made people, British-made steel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
And I think if if the major OEMs get involved in that, then it will drive government policy. I'm I'm quite fearful of the government, to be fair. I don't know which way it's going to go, but the current government and their attitude towards manufacturing is very much, well, we'll buy it elsewhere. We don't need a steel industry because we can buy it from China or we can buy oil from Russia. And that went well, oil from Russia, didn't it? So I think we've got to think, well, yes, the world is smaller, but it's a lot more volatile. And if we're to make a real success of of our own production and our own manufacturing, then we, we have to be sustainable right through that supply chain. It's interesting statistic that manufacturing makes up about 10% of GDP, which is quite a big quite a big chunk. But it makes up 49% of exports. Right. So we are exporting to the world product made here. We've got some very skilled manufacturing companies here, but what we find what I find is that you're having to go here, there and everywhere in the rest of the world and rely on the rest of the world for your own manufacturing. So I think there's a lot of work to be done on that. And what about here then? What are your well here your we want to we, we've we've grown we've grown year on year. We want to continue to grow and grow our exporting as well. Uh, it's sixty percent now of our businesses overseas. Uh, we do a lot into the Middle East. We do a lot more now into Europe. Brexit was an issue, but that started to be resolved. Where I'd like to see us kind of grow is is push on in into the US. That'd be a really good market for us to get involved in, um, and potentially then have some some stock and some bodies on the ground potentially in the US and in the Middle East. So it's not all here mm-hmm. in, in South Yorkshire so that we've, we've got a bit more of a global presence. I, I want to talk to you a little bit, um, kind of extending things out a little bit to your thoughts on kind of the business world, the business community mm-hmm. in, 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 in Sheffield and, and, and South Yorkshire. And should mention that podcast is called Steel City Business, but I do view it as being South Yorkshire wide. You are based just kind of on the the kind of between sort of Barnsley and 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 Rotherham, but I feel that your perspective on this is is particularly interesting because you're also involved with running a networking mm. group, which mm-hmm. is not not industry specific. There's people there that do all kinds of of different things. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about kind of your view on 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 where kind of like the 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 business community of South Yorkshire is at. As as a whole, it's a very thriving business community. Um, you've got a whole range from uh, startups from entrepreneurs, people who work on their own to, to bigger businesses. So it all kind of feeds in well together. I do find that the smaller the business, the more active that person is in networking and, and getting out there and meeting people. I think certainly the the, big, the bigger size businesses are a little bit standoffish. They're not always utilizing what's on their doorstep. They're not buying local, which I'm a big believer of. Yeah. If you've got a website to be developed, use somebody who's down the road if you want to do a podcast. Speak to James. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's, this is how we utilize the local supply chain here and local businesses. So love that. if we need something doing or we need a service bringing in, we will utilize people locally. We've got subcontractors here, machinists. We've got heat treaters. We've got transport companies that we use. We try and keep it as local as possible. Um, and I think if everybody, if everybody, certainly on the bigger side of businesses, did that, then there'd be enough business to go around and to grow the South Yorkshire economy more. A couple of questions that I'm um, finishing 
most, if not all, of these um, podcast episodes with which are not specific to your business or your industry um, or anything um, um, like that. Just me being a bit nosy, really, if I'm honest. Um, no I find it. I find people's routines really, really interesting. Before um, <laughs> I feel I feel I'm, I'm I'm being unfair on you here by mentioning this, but before we started recording, I always ask people to get check the levels on the microphones to first before they have breakfast. Surprisingly, a lot of people go didn't have breakfast this morning. You are one of those. I I am one of those. I find people's kind of, particularly morning routines, just really fascinating because we all spend time on LinkedIn where everyone goes, well, if you're not up at three o'clock in the morning, you've done your first gym session and sold your first million pound contract by 6am, then you're you're a failure. (laughs) And then you've got to read a book by 8am. And then you can answer emails at 9am and all that kind of like hustle culture kind of stuff. And what I do like is that in South Yorkshire, we keep things real, don't we? We are, this is, this is a real part of the, the world. What, so what, what does your routine look like? It's chaotic. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be honest. I mean, I've got, two, I've got two girls, 14 and 11. Right. And I've got three dogs. So I, I'm certainly not a gym goer. Right. I don't look like a gym goer. I'm certainly the, the bacon sandwich at a networking group guy. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll generally be up around 6, 6.30, the dogs will get me up, so I'll... I'll You've got no choice in that, much. I've got no choice. A quick quick run around with the dogs, feed them, um, and then it's the mission of trying to get the 14-year-old out of bed. <laughs> now, those of you who've got 14-year-olds... It's an interesting age, isn't it? Yeah, those of you who've got 14-year-olds will realise that this is the biggest obstacle of any any working life. It's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. So she'll generally get out at about 10 past 7, and we've got to get out of the house at kind of 10 to 8, so... Most of the time is me spending, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a countdown clock, a bit of a talking clock, 30 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, five minutes to go, and then it'll be, Dad, where's my pee kit? Well, we were leaving in three minutes, and it's like, so it, it's a bit chaotic, yep. and we try and prepare as much as we can, but you need your kids to be uh, to be helping you on that. My young, my youngest gets picked up for a special, special school in Doncaster, mm-hmm. so she lives about eight o'clock. And then I take my youngest about 10 to 8 to a secondary school because I, I kind of wanted to be around for the kids more. In in earlier working life, I just wasn't. I was kind of out of the house by 7. My wife would take care of all the kids, even though she had a job as well, and doing all that. And, not, and then we were not back well about 6, 7 o'clock. Yeah. But we made a conscious effort five, six years ago to kind of put the kids first at everything that we do. So right. I, I drop the eldest off at school. I pick her up at finishing time as well. And make sure that my working day is around that that school time yeah. as much as I can. Kind of following on from that a little mm. bit, and I like the fact that you know you you're dead honest there. Your 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 routine is quite chaotic. How do you define success? Very general question. It, it's a real general question. I think for me, it's if if people like you, right? So if people will recommend you or they'll talk to you about you in a in a good in a good in a good fashion so that that for me is success obviously we're all building a business we're all about how much money we can make but at the same time it's not just about making money is it it's about being part of that community it's about well said being there for other other people as well i think that's success if people turn to you in their hour of need when they need something then great final question and feel free to have a moment to think about this take it in whatever direction you want to take i'm asking everyone this because we we sit here and we talk a lot about your business. We talk about your industry. We we talk about the business world. What are you really passionate about that you, no one ever asks you about that you never really get a chance to talk about? 
That's tough because I, I generally tell people most of what I'm passionate <laughs> about. I mean, I qualified as a teacher when I was younger. That okay. was always my what I wanted to be. I always wanted to be a teacher. So I think that stayed with me throughout my business life of trying to get younger people enthused in getting into business. I'm I'm really passionate about startups as well, right. which I don't always talk about. So I do quite a bit of mentoring, coaching and kind of helping out people who are just starting on that road. Love that. I do it free of charge. I don't charge. I just want to help people start off because it's really difficult. You, a lot of people have, have an idea and it's a really good idea, but they haven't got that business sense or yeah. that business head of where to take it. So if I can help people on that on that journey, I really get a lot out of that. That's awesome. I know you had a fantastic 2023. Mm. Um, I hope that the years to come are filled with just as much success, hopefully even more. Thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you today. Thanks, James. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Steel City Business. It's been really lovely to have you with us. Now, you know how this works. If you've enjoyed it and you want in on future episodes, then just follow us on your podcast app or on YouTube. The show is very active on LinkedIn. Just search for Steel City Business and come and connect with me as well while you're at it. Big thank you to The Curious for helping make this podcast happen. There's loads more about the show at steelcity.business and you can get in touch by emailing james at steelcity.business. And hey, if you're in business in Sheffield, then well, why not put yourself forward as a guest for a future episode? And of course, we're always open for a good chat about how audio marketing could work for your brand. Until next time, thanks for listening.